New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Great day for fellowship. And also, and after that, we plan to have some, some, some lunch in there in the back. I plan to get a chance to put together, having put together some of that poor pork for you guys, amen? And so uh, some of that good old white sauce. So we're looking for a good time of fellowship and eating on that day. So if you have a, we're probably going to start next week, have a sign-up sheet so we have a, a close proximity of how many people we plan to have for this day for, for planning purpose for as far as food is concerned. So if you plan to come, bring some family and friends, be a good day to come, and so to give a chance to get a chance for us to fellowship and eat, amen. So, um, so Jim, you and Kathy are not busy on that day, the 12th of March. I mean, mark your calendar. We would love for you guys to come back and be with us on that day and fellowship with us, amen. If your calendars, it's not if you're not too busy on that day, so we'd love to have you, amen. So, well, again, we thank God for all the great things He's doing, amen. Um. We just so honored and so blessed to be able to be here. A lot of place we could be, but thank God being able to be in church, amen, on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Quite a few people out today. A lot of things is going on around us, and and so we thank God for, for, the, for the great opportunity he's given us. Amen. For the last several weeks, I've been sharing with you guys about the promises of God. Amen. God promises. And this morning, we want to share with you about God has promised us an inheritance. God has promised us an inheritance. Amen. And the most important thing is when it comes to God's promises, God is true to his word. Amen. And God will never fail when it comes to heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will always stand by the grace of God. So we want to always remember God's word and what, he, what, is, what it has the power to do. I mean, if you've got your Bibles this morning, turn with us to the book of 1 Peter. Chapter 1 and verse 4 in the Living Translation. Um, we're going to be speaking from various translations, so I'm probably read a little bit different from the King James, but the reason we do that because we want to make sure that you get a good, clear understanding of really what God is saying to you. A lot of people don't like other translations. They believe in King James, and that's okay. We don't have anything problem with that, but, but sometimes King James don't always explain it to you real clearly. And so we want you to be able to not only get it, but we want to make sure that you, you're, you're clear with what God is saying to you. Amen. So you got your Bibles. Turn with 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Begin to look at verse 1. I will begin the scripture this morning from New Living Translation. So we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in the heavens for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you're going to teach us and things you're going to say to us. And we just bless you and we honor you right now. We thank you, God, for just being able to be here today and help me to be able to share this word, Father, with power and with authority in Jesus' name. Help us to speak on the level, Father, that the world is not familiar with, all for the glory of God in Jesus' name. We thank you for this right now. We bless you. And the church said, amen. You may be seated. God promises, you know, since I've been sharing this um, series about the promises of God, um, it has really blessed me because what it done for me 
has helped to remind me really of a lot of things God has promised us and things he's said to us and things he wants us to do and how he wants us to live and what he has went through to make sure he's given us everything we, we need to be successful in life. It's one thing to be successful in life, but it's absolutely imperative that we get what we need to be successful in life. Amen? And God's word is true because I'm a living witness of his word is true. Also, in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 in the living Bible, he said, by the same mighty power, he has given us all, all the other rich and wonderful blessings he has promised. And, and so, for instance, the promise to save us from the lust and the rottenness all around us and to give us his, us his own character. And God has promised to, um, to save us and which he has done, he made a way to save us. So there's no person in the world today, even though well they accept it or not, provision has been made for them to be saved. Amen. That they don't have to live and to spend eternity away from God unless they choose not to accept what Jesus did on the cross. And here, here Peter is talking to the Christians, to the Jewish Christians here. They was experiencing a lot of suffering during their time. A lot of people going through a lot of suffering, a lot of changes in the world today. But God had made promises to us that if we choose to listen to them and obey them, even though we go through those suffering and whatever, he still give us hope in the midst of those things by the grace of God that we can come out of it. You know, even come when it comes to sickness or whatever, um, whatever it may be. I heard Geneva say a minute ago, many times young people... Um, Say things, believe what other people say. The final word in your life should always be God. Amen? And not only what other people say, but what God say. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not, we don't bash a medical profession because they're there to help us. And we've got to remember, they are not the source, but they are what? It's the resource that God worked through to be a blessing to you by the grace of God. And so and we thank God for, for all the medical professionals and the, and the and how God works through them to help us. And we're so grateful that they're, they're available to us. And, you know, and this is to help us to get to the point where we can trust God. Not to the point where we can continue to lean upon them and thinking they are the one that can provide us healing and all that good stuff. Man can replace. Man can cut. Man can do all these wonderful things. But only God can heal. Amen. God is the one that does the healing to our bodies or whatever. If God didn't heal us, then we wouldn't be where we are today. And we know that to be a fact because it's been proven so many times that God is able to heal and do great things for us. By the grace of God. And all the troubles that you go through in your life, which is many of them, many times we're confronted with challenges and whatever because of, um, that's the way this world is because of what Adam and Eve done. When we get to heaven, we need to talk to them. Man, she's jacked up everything for us. Man, y'all had a chance to live in paradise and listen to that old darn devil and jacked everything up for us. And so because of what they did, we are now suffering from some of those things. But thank God for Jesus, amen? Because of one man obedience, one man obedient, many was made righteous. Because of one man disobedient, Many was made unrighteous. And we thank God for, for Jesus for coming into this world. But suffering is really, is just a part of life. But 
God had gave us, given us promises. So when we get, when we are confronted with these things or whatever, if we listen and obey God's promises, we can walk those things out. And, and just remember, like I said, suffering is not going to be forever. Everything you're dealing with right now is only going to be but a few minutes, and a few minutes are going to be over. Sometimes to you and I, it seemed like for an eternity. When I was dealing with cancer, man, it seemed like it would be forever. But thank God it was only but a few minutes compared to God. Then Paul said in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, for those that are taking notes, Romans 8, 18, in the worldwide English translation said this, I think that the troubles we have in this life are nothing when we think of the great things we shall have when we enter into eternity, eternity with God. When you think about eternity, we think about life as being a long time. But think about eternity. That's no ending. That's forever and ever. There's not enough words in the Webster Dictionary can describe what heaven is really going to be like. We, even, even in the Bible where it talks about heaven, it's much greater than we can imagine. We cannot even fathom really what heaven is going to be like. And the same thing, what hell will be like. We cannot even fathom what it will be like. Um, to be in hell. The words, there's no way they can describe it, what it, the pain and the suffering that you have to deal with. But we thank God if we're not going there, we're going to heaven. Amen? Because we're going to do what it takes to be able to get there by the grace of God. And the promises that God had made for us is so important. Would you believe the first, when Jesus first came on the scene, the first thing he did was made, he made a promise to us? In the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 and verse, verse 5, he tells us this. He said, blessed are the meek, for they shall what? Inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek meaning the humble. Blessed are the humble, they shall inherit the earth by the grace of, grace of God. God promises are there. And if we take the time to read them and to learn them, I'm telling you, they can be a great inspiration to us when we experience different types of trouble. And it's amazing how much we go to all these other sources and resources or whatever, to try to get information when we're dealing with different stuff, dealing with stuff. But I'm telling you, God has given you a promise. Every problem that you ever face in life, God has given you an answer for it in the Bible. Even when you're going to school or whatever it may be, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. We can do it. But the fact of the matter is we have to believe that and know that and be able to apply that. It does not matter how challenging it may look. Because of how tough things may look to you, how bad it may seem to you. If you trust God and trust his promises, you can walk it out by the grace of God. There's also, it's not on overhead, but it's also a scripture in the book of Proverbs. While I'm thinking about it, Proverbs chapter 4, I think it's so important that you, for those that are um, taking notes, Proverbs chapter 4. Let me, let, me, let me get over there and read that scripture to you. But God has given us these promises. This is this type of stuff, really, it's going to help you to get through when you, when you deal with situations in life. Most people say, well, you know, this is just the way it's going to be. It's not the way it's going to be, unless you allow it to be that way. There's a way out of every situation you, you encounter by the grace of God. But if you have to listen to God and believe what he tells you to do, and you'll be able to get through it. Um, Proverbs chapter, chapter 4 and verse and verse 20, it says, this, My son, attend to my, to my words, incline. In other words, listen, prick your ears up and listen to my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes, but keep them in the midst of thine heart. 
and this is, this is the point I want to make, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. That's so important. Is life to who? To those that find them. And it's health to all the flesh. So God's word not only just good to just be able to read it, but what it does to you as a person. The physiological and the psychological effects it has upon your body is just is incomprehensible, really, to know that. And that's what he's telling. He said, listen to me. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Health all their flesh so anything that you're dealing with anything that happened to you it can be reversed by the grace of God amen I don't care what it is I know a lot of people don't believe that because a lot of people believe that all the the signs all the signs and wonders that Jesus can perform in the, in the early church that went out when a problem when the apostles died that's not true because God has not changed those promises is just as real today as they were then, by the grace of God. But you got to believe them. So it's one thing for a person to make a promise. A promise is only as good as the person that speaks them. If a person will lie to you when they, when they say stuff to you, it's hard for you to believe that. It's hard for you to believe that. But guess what? God would never lie to you. Because you go to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18, it says this. These two things cannot change. Look at your neighbor and say, cannot change. Cannot change and will never change. It says that God cannot lie, one. He said when he make a promise, he cannot lie and when he make an oath. So if God promised you something or he make a statement about something, he will never lie. You can bank on it. You can take it to the bank by the grace of God. He said these things encourages us who came to Christ, came to God for safety. In other words, it gives us hope to know that guess what? God, if I trust your word, I stand on your word by the grace of God. Guess what? You promised, if you said this, I can believe this. I can take this to the bank because I know for a fact it's going to happen by the grace of God. But there's so many people today are dealing with issues, going through different things, really, when God had given them promises for them to overcome those issues by the grace of God. But he's not going to make you. He's not going to fight you about them. But guess what? He's going to give you an opportunity if you learn his word and to know his word, you can overcome him by the grace of God. Also in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, the living translation says this, God is not a man, so does, so does not lie. It says here, it says he is not, not human, so when he does not change his mind. You know how we are when we, when we say something or whatever, we can change one minute, we say something, the next minute we change our mind. God doesn't do that to change his mind. He said he, what he has spoken, he said, has he ever spoken and failed to act? And has he ever promised and not carried it through? And that's true. If he's spoken it, you can, always, you can rest assured he's going to bring it through by the grace of God. It may not seem like it, and the thing that we struggle with is patience. Because sometimes the God, when God speaks to us about an issue, sometimes we think it's going to always be right now in our timing. But it don't always be in our timing. But if he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen by the grace of God. It would happen. You know, just like, a, you know, like the nine lepers in the book of, uh, book of Luke, 
where it said that when, as they went, they noticed that they were healed. Some things you got to walk out by the grace of God. I knew God could heal me of cancer, but guess what? It didn't happen overnight. It just didn't happen overnight. Sometimes it seemed like them nights seemed like we're years sometimes. But, but God did say by his stripes we're healed, and by the grace of God, by trusting that and believing that, God was able to do that. I remember before I came into the military, I used to suffer with asthma real bad. And so because I suffered with asthma so bad, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to make it into the military, get into the military. But, but God, when God saves the soul, he heals the body. He's able to heal the body. And so and as a result of that, by the grace of God, I've, I basically was healed of, of, um, of asthma. Never had no more problem with asthma. I was able to go in the military, run and do all the strenuous things that you had to do or whatever that I was concerned about. God just took care of it for me by the grace of God. So I was able to overcome that. So when we, because we are born into a fallen world, there's a lot of things around us. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, chapter 12, it said, renew your mind. Because we can get so mindful of what's going on around us when we hear so much, so many bad things, it's easy for us to pick up those bad things as well. It's just like a lot of people today that struggle with believing God promises because they've been influenced so much by media. Media has come at us so much and so often to the point where if you're not careful, you have to guard your heart to make sure that stuff does not get into your heart. Because what gets into your head will eventually get into your heart. And what gets into your heart will eventually come out your mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? Speaks. The reason it's coming out because it's there. Just like bad things can come out, also good things can come out. That's why it's important is to renew our minds and update our minds and make sure we, with God's word, because that's just because we've been around so many negative people over the years. We grew up in a lot of families. Our family was negative. Our parents were, men of our parents were real, very negative. And the reason they're negative is just didn't know any better. That because they didn't know any better, they didn't do any better. But now we know better, we can do better. And we understand the importance of being able to speak positive to ourselves. It's not to the point, like when you feel a pain, it's not to the point you deny that you have the pains, but guess what? You don't confess the problem. You confess what you want about the problem. Say, God, by your stripes I'm healed. Amen? In Jesus' name, I declare and decree this pain right now to go away in Jesus' name. It may not go away that moment, but guess what? It will eventually go away. Just like you can put your faith and trust in medicine, you also can put your faith and trust into God, by the grace of God. So when Jesus came and died on the cross for us, he, he gave us all these, God gave us all these promises so that we don't have to really live with these things that attacks us if we don't want to. Now, we want to continue to live the way the world lives and do what the world do. Guess what? You end up getting what the, what the world got by the grace of God. That's why it's so important, really, is to trust God's word. Because God's going to tell you. He's going to share things with you. And that's why we say in this morning in prayer, that's why we have to be still and know that he's God. And the best time, really, to hear God is when you're by yourself, a quiet time, and peaceful. He can speak to you and speak very quietly to you. And then if you do what he tells you to do, I'm telling you, you're always going to come out on top. You're never going to miss it. 
I was sharing with the prayer group this morning. I was in the office Friday, sitting there um, reading some scripture, looking at some things for today. And, um, and our internet for the church is coming up for renewal on the 24th of this month. And so when I was thinking about it, I said, well, I'll call next week to really to think about getting uh, renewed. But as I was sitting there, the Lord told me, said, well, you need to call now. And just did, when I said what the Lord said to me, it wasn't like, John, you need to do this now. It was a very still voice told me, said, you need to call, call now. Because there's someone there that you need to talk to that can help you. So what did I do? I obeyed God and told, by doing what he told me to do. When I called, I was able to get this one young lady. By the grace of God, and I could tell from a, from the way of conversation that she knew Jesus and she was saved, and she asked me various questions or whatever, and helped reduce our bill from three hundred to dropped about two hundred some dollars. How did that happen? By listening to God, doing what He tell you to do. Amen. Not doing it when you want to do it, do it, but doing what He said do it. And he had already had, had lined this situation up. Now, only thing I have to do is just, didn't have to make anything happen. Only thing I had to do is just listen to what he told me to do by doing it. Guess what? Now, I could have waited until tomorrow. I mean, until tomorrow, which is Monday. But chances are, I may not have gotten this person I had Friday. He had already positioned her in place, and he put me in the right place. So now, only thing you got to do now, John, is just act upon it. And that's why it's so important is to listen to God. And I can tell you, you know, since I was sick, or walking through the sickness and whatever, God have always placed good people in my life to help me. Most of the people I can say, truly say, that um, have helped me to overcome all the stuff that the odds that came against me was the fact that um, God put them in my place. Matter of fact, when I was in Madison, before I was... Uh, before I was um, before they end up going to Huntsville Hospital, this one doctor came in there. And he said, "But John, um, look, man, you're going through. Look like you're going through quite a quite a few challenges here. Look here. I just want to pray for you. How many doctors that you know want to pray for you?" And so he uh, he said, "Well, let's pray." And so we bowed our heads and prayed prayed about the situation and everything. And it was amazing how God did same thing. My eye doctor, my eye doctor, same way. And I was sharing with her and whatever. She said, well, John, i tell you what, before we go any further, let's pray. So here we are in our office praying by the grace of God. So God placed the right peoples in your life to be a blessing to you. It's no coincidence that they're there. No accident. People say, well, you know, it's by luck I just came. No, it's not luck. It's by God's grace that that person was placed there. God put them there to help you and be a blessing to you. Same thing, friends. If you got good people in your life, based upon all the crazy stuff going in the world, and you know people that care about you, that want to be a blessing to you, that's no coincidence. That's not an accident. That's God's grace putting the right people in your place and in your path to be a blessing to you by the grace of God. And when that happens, if you listen to them, they can help you to be able to overcome a lot of obstacles in your life. If you listen to what they tell you to do. Because God can use them to be a blessing to you. By the grace of God. And so what God did when Jesus died on the cross. He died. To give us inheritance. To prepare the way. To help us to prepare the way for us. So that we will not have to spend eternity separated from God. 
What an amazing thing that is, how God was able to do that. And because of that, when you're born, you're born into a new family. In other words, you're adopted into a new family by the grace of God. You know, you know we sang the song many years ago. Uh, I looked at my hands. My hand looked new. I looked at my feet. They did too. And all that. A lot of things won't look, look changed. You don't see no change in the natural. But guess what? They have changed because first, Second Corinthians five seventeen says this: If any man in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So by the grace of God. So what happened to you before before Christ? Well, one thing, but now you're in Christ. All that can change. All that can be erased. And that's why it's important when the doctors tell you, say, "Well, because they always want to know your lineage." And as well as your history about medical situations. Where if grandmama had it, you're going to have it. If granddaddy had it, you're going to have it. But see, if you're a Christian, according to Corinthians 5.17, that's not true. Because he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new by the grace of God. And that's why it's important for us to know and to understand God's promises that he has, he has um, given us. And when we know those promises or whatever, so when we hear these things, negative things that are coming at us, we say, guess what? Well, you know, everybody in your family has diabetes. Well, guess what? In Jesus' name, I'm not going to get diabetes. Amen? Because I'm a new creature in Christ now. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are coming. That's hard to understand in the natural. You cannot wrap your head around that in the natural. But God said it, you can believe that it's going to come to pass. Old things are passed away. Well, they did it, don't mean you have to do it. Just because they believe it, don't mean you have to believe it by the grace of God. And because of that, that has helped me to overcome a lot of things over the years in my life by the grace of God. Amen? And God can do the same thing for you. He did not save you for you to have to suffer. There have to be in a lot of stuff to deal with, a lot of stuff that you, you deal with. Remember in the book of John, John 10, 10, Jesus said why he came, he said why the thief came. He said, I've came that you might have life, have it more abundantly, a good life, a great life by the grace of God. Now, many times that don't happen, not because God don't want us to have it. And people say, well, why am I suffering? Well, suffering comes from many times from disobedience to God. Not listening to his word, not obeying what God tell you to do. Because, you know, people have a tendency to say, well, some told me to do this. Some told me to do that. That some is God speaking to you. Amen. That some is just not just happening by the grace of God. But that some of God is telling you what to do and what not to do by the grace of God. And that's why it's so important, really, is to listen to God and obey him and, and think about what, his prom what he has promised us. When you think about the original inheritance, you have to go back to the book of a uh, book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15, verses 18 through 21. The world is full of suffering. It's full of suffering right now. People are suffering all over the world. And poverty, going through a lot of changes, a lot of pain and suffering, etc. But guess what? That was never God's plan. It all started way back at the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. But then when 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 Abraham came along, all that changed. Genesis chapter 15, verse 18 through 21. It's amazing how God would speak to you. Now, here's Abraham 
coming from the land of Chaldean, which was uh, where they worship idols at and all the other good stuff or whatever, the bad stuff they were doing during that time, whatever. And here he is, God tell him to, to tell Abraham to leave his country and basically obey him and follow him. And in the book of, uh, book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 18 through um, 21, it says, on that day the Lord made a covenant, in other words, a contract, an agreement with Abraham, saying, he said, to your offspring I will give this land, to your offspring. And this is so important. There's a lot of things that our family has given up, have lost or whatever, would you believe that you can claim, lay claims on a lot of those things? You can call those things. Because a lot of them, you know, a lot of things were left on, they left on the table. And a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, they had this, they had that. But guess what? It's, it's still there. So you can call those things as not as though they were. So Father, in Jesus' name, I know they had, had this and a lot of things they had, but they never share it. But Father, in Jesus' name, I claim those things right now. I speak those things into existence. I call forth those things that I can experience them by the grace of God. And God told me, said, guess what? This land we're going to give you, not only to you, but also to your offspring. We are Abraham's offsprings. And so we are now able to receive those inheritance that, um, that Abraham, that God gave him by the grace of God. And because of that, we can experience a whole lot more than what we're experiencing by the grace of God. And so, and, and the thing about it is, if we listen to God and obey him and do what he tells us to do, guess what? Those things will come to pass. And so, and good thing God didn't say was just, these promises, this covenant is only for you and you only. No, he didn't say that. He said, but not only for you, but also for your offspring, your children, your grandchildren by the grace of God. And, you know, some of, our, some of our grandparents and forefathers and mothers, some of them had plenty of money, even though they were doing depression, et cetera. The men of them were blessed, had property, had land, and all the other good stuff. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe and trust you for what they had. Father, I'm an heir of them. And, Father, I call that forth in Jesus' name. And we can call it in. We can call it in. And that's why it's important for us is to be able to know what God has promised us so we can tap into it and say, guess what? Because, you know, it's just like, now, when, when you think about inheritance, that does not come with a cost. You know, it's just like when our mothers and fathers and, and grandparents leave us things today. The reason they're leaving those inherit, that inheritance to you because for the simple fact, because they love you, they like you, and they, they want to do something special for you by the grace of God. But at the same time, you have to do your part. But if you're a hellraiser, always cutting up, clowning, or whatever, they, they don't want to leave that to you. Guess why? Because they know for a fact you're going to abuse it and misuse it. So there are certain there are conditions. If we obey God and keep his commandments when it comes to his promises, those things are going to happen. But he's not going to make us support him, obey him, and do what he tells us to do. He's not going to. We have to do that out of our heart because we want to obey him. We want to, want to be a blessing to his kingdom. And we, he, we want to do what he, he tells us to do by the grace of God. And when you think about the Bible in itself, the Bible is just full of promises from Genesis to Revelation. 
full of promises that God had made to us. And when God gave his promises, you want to remember this. He didn't give us his promises so we can live below our circumstances. But he gave us his promise so we can live above our circumstances when they come against us. That's why he gave them to us. He said, guess what? That's why the book of 1 John said, you are an overcomer. Why he said we're an overcomer? Because he knows for a fact we can overcome if we choose to overcome. Or we can allow ourselves to continue to stay on and go on and whatever. But like the children of Israel, when, when, they was, when they was in slavery in Egypt, the Bible said, God said, I heard your cry, and I'm not only I heard your cry, but I'm, I'm bringing you out from under your taskmaster. And I'm going to take you to a land that's flowing with what? Milk and honey, by the grace of God. There was a promise that God told me he was going to do. And so he, God did just that. But what happened was they did not receive that inheritance because of the fact that they wouldn't listen to God. They wouldn't obey God. They kept clowning and whatever and doing other stuff, listening to the wrong people, listening to the wrong advice, doing what they thought they needed to do, and which was wrong, and not listening to God, and they ended up missing out on it. When God even told them, said, look, go to the promised land. You pick you out. You choose you 12 men from your tribe, and you allow them to go over there to check the land out that I'm about to give you, and let them bring back the fruit of what, uh, of the, that's in the land. They, they chose the 12, 12 leaders, and they sent them out, and they got a, got a report and brought back some of the fruit. It was, it was amazing what they brought back. It was just astonishing what God had promised them. And now they are there. They're getting ready. Now they're getting the opportunity to bring back what God had told them, the, some of the, the blessing that was in the, was in the promised land. They seen it. They were there. But guess what? Instilling them enjoying the blessing. And remember the promise that God told them that he would take them to a land that flowed in Mickelhamon. They started looking at the wrong thing like people do today. Started looking at the Anak, the giants that was in the land. And because they started looking at the wrong thing, and then they had leaders that told them the wrong, they said, guess what? There's no way we can take this land, take the promised land, because it is full of inhabitants, and we are in their sights. Uh, we're, we're in our own they're giants, they're giants in our sight. And so therefore, by them looking at it from the wrong perspective and, and seeing and looking at the wrong thing, meditating on the wrong thing, guess what? They brought back a negative report about what they saw. They forgot about the promise and started looking at the negative thing. And that's the way it is with us. Many times your situation can tell you one thing. Instead of us meditating on God's word, we start looking at the negative thing. Just like you can... You can decide to fail. You also can decide to be successful. That's entirely up to us. If you can believe, just like you can believe the doctor's report, or you can believe God's report. That's entirely up to you. But if you believe God's report and stand on God's word, I'm telling you, it'll work every time. In the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8. And because Abraham obeyed God and listened to God, God blessed him. And God will never take you from something that he does not take you to something even better. He never reduces your quality of life. He always increases your quality of life. He always makes, because the Bible says, he don't replace, he restores. In other words, restore meaning 
He always give back better than what you have. He don't give back what you have because they're just replaced. But he restore is always greater and much better than what you what the original state was. And that's why it's good to be able to trust God. Um, Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. He said, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. And I know what, I know the God knows your sorrow. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're up against right now. Every hair on your head is, is numbered. Well, if God knew all this stuff, why don't he just do it? Well, you got to remember he's giving you a free will. And he's not going to pose upon you. And he knows for a fact, if you choose to, you can ask him to do things for you. Because a lot of times, you know, just like kids when they're growing up, the shoestrings of they're about to trip over the shoestring, and you're willing to help them to tie the shoe. And when you go ready, get ready to tie, I don't want you to do that. Basically, leave my shoes alone. Let me fall, fall on my feet if I choose to. That's the way we as, a, as a, that's the way we are as a, as adults. We know what we need to do and what we should do, but guess what? We want to ask God to help us. He wants you to come to Him because He is your Father. He's not just a God that's sitting off somewhere to judge you and send you to hell. He loves you. And once you begin to realize how much God loves you and what he has done to help you, it makes you appreciate all the great things God has done for you. And so it's just like your, your earthly father. When, you, when your earthly father, when you got ready to go to your earthly father, you didn't get all pumped up and all indignant. You always went through him and said, hey, hey, dad, I need this. Even though you didn't always get it, but you was able to go to him. But that's the way we want to get a chance to know God. Just not God, but we want to get to know him as our father, as our brother, as our friend, as our helper. So when we deal with situations, whatever, when things come against us, we can say, Father, I need your help. This is what's going on. He already see what's going on. But Lord, look, this is why I need you to help me. This is, this is how, this is why I need you to help me in this situation. Because I know I can't deal with this in my own strength. I need your strength to deal with it. And God will give you the grace and strength to deal with it. And anytime, just like sometime, I be riding around, go to different places or whatever. I said, Father, when I get to the place, I need to find a parking, parking spot. And I'm telling you, I can't count the times I've gotten to different places where I didn't need parking. When I drove up, either the park was there or somebody was driving out, bagging up out of that spot, allowing me to get an opportunity to get in that particular place. See, God is in the details. He loves you. And he cares about everything that's affected you by the grace of God. And see, a lot of people don't know him. A lot of people think God is just a God. He, he's there to judge you, condemn you, and whatever. The only reason we're condemned and judged is because we won't accept what Jesus has done for us. He has given us an opportunity to say, look, you don't have to suffer twice. You've already, Jesus already suffered for you. I've given you someone who went through all the pain all the suffering that you ever deal with, only thing you got to do is accept it by faith, what he's done. And guess what? You don't have to go down the same road. But it's amazing how so many people won't accept, won't do that. Then we wonder why we're struggling, why we're suffering. Look in the book of, uh, book of Exodus. It says, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. 
and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. For I know their sorrow. That's what God is saying. Verse 8. He said, I have come down to what? To deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good land and a large unto the land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, he's now taking them from something and taking them to something better. That's the way God's work. If what you are coming out of is not taking, cause the quality of your life to become better, then it's not God. You have to question it. You have to question it. Because God always making things better for you. And you know, and just like in the book of Proverbs, he says the blessings of the Lord maketh rich. He has no sorrow with it by the grace of God. In other words, if it's causing you pain, causing you sorrow, Guess what? It's not from God. It's not regardless of what it is. That's why you always, whenever you get ready to do something, get ready to get involved in something, you always want to involve God first. God, I'm getting ready to go to the doctor. I need this surgery or whatever. I just don't want anybody to operate on me. God, I want the right person to do surgery on me. Because people can make mistakes. If they make one, you don't want it to be on you. That's why it's so important to ask God. Say, God, look, you work it out so the right person can be there, be in the right place. And we don't want to do like Esau did because he had inheritance. He had no respect for what God had done for him, what he was given, his inheritance. And he sold it for a bowl of soup. How many people are selling out today for nothing, for sex and all those stuff, alcohol, drugs and whatever? Giving up really what God has given them for these other things. Unfortunately, it's sad, but it's true. We don't want to sell our inheritance that God has given us and how God has blessed us or whatever, but what he's done for it by the grace of God. We don't want to do that. And that's why it's so important is to really begin to realize that God, you guess what? I don't want to just ignore what you've done for me. I appreciate what you've done for me. And the things you went through to do it for me, by the grace of God. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm excited about it. Then we're in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 11 and verse 15 and 23. Joshua chapter 11 and verse 15 and 23. As the Lord commanded Moses, his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And he did, and so did Joshua. He left nothing, what? Left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded as he commanded Moses. In other words, don't leave stuff undone. Do what God tells you to do. If you do what God tells you to do, guess what? He will bless you just like he did, just like he did anyone else, by the grace of God. Then we're in the book of, in the same chapter, in verse 23. It says, so Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance. How did, how did he, how he was able to give it? He took it. He didn't ask for it. He took it. Some things just got to take. When I said take it, I mean, in other words, when I said take, in other words, guess what? You can't, can't be passive about it. So look, I got to take my healing by the grace of God. 
I'm taking what the devil has stolen from me. I want it back. And by you taking it back by the grace of God, guess what? You say be a blessing to other people by the grace of God. How your life can be a blessing, testimony to other people by the things you're doing. And, when and, and because of that, and many people, are, they refuse to believe God's goodness and his faithfulness for what he has promised. And that's why, and because of the unwillingness to believe and trust God for his faithfulness and what he had done, guess what? That's why people go through struggle, many struggles they, they go through. And that's why I say it's always good to wait on God. Wait on God. Because all good and perfect gifts come from where? From above. Absolutely. And anything that God bless you with, he's going to help you take care of it. If it didn't come from God, there's always a tendency to be a little bit loose with it. Not being respectful of it. Not being appreciative of it. But when God gives you something, I'm telling you, same thing with house or whatever, car, whatever. It's one thing for God to just buy a vehicle, buy a house. But when you want a good house, by the grace of God. You heard me share this, and I share it again with people, that the fact that we bought that house over there on where we live at. I told God, God, I bought many things in life, but I never bought a house. You need to show me. You need to help me get this house. Because we already looked at the neighborhood we wanted to live in because school district was um, when the girls were 10. And, so, and God hooked it up and he did it. And I can truly say, since we've been in that neighborhood, by the grace of God, it's been nothing but a blessing to us by the grace of God. Go on. God blessed me with it. He didn't want to did it. Any time God put your name on the house, you know, he got to be involved. He got to be involved in it. Amen. People ask me anytime, she said, how in the world do you live on? You got your own road? I said, God fixed it that way. <laughs> he did. I take no credit for it. Only thing I did act him, so he, he put me on the road. How often you go in the city, never born, never was born there, never been there before, end up living on the same road that has your last name? You tell me God don't have a sense of humor? I'm telling you. We had, we had bought a speaker I wanted to try to pair it to my phone. And, of course, it wouldn't pair to my phone. So we worked on this thing, worked on it, went down to T-Mobile. We thought that was some update. It appeared to his phone, but it wouldn't pair to mine. So we took it, and so we tried several times, read the instructions. The instructions were very simple, but for whatever reason, just one pair. So we took it down to T-Mobile, to the expert. Well, you know, we take it to the expert. They should fix it, right? They got working on that thing for several minutes. Till we told him, say, hey, we're not going to go any further with this. Still couldn't get it to pair. Still couldn't get it to pair. And so, um, so then last night, we came back to the house with it. And Hilda prayed and said, Lord, show me how to do this. But what we didn't realize that we had the information about that particular speaker was on the phone twice. Instead of connecting to the one we wanted to connect to, it was, it was trying to connect to another same thing, but another device that was on the phone. So he'll pray and ask God to, to show her how to do it. And so sure enough, she deleted the other, the other information that was on there and left the right information on it. And guess what happened? What, what happened? It paired right up. I'm telling you, 
God can do it. Simple stuff. Stuff that get you frustrated. Stuff that really eat up a lot of your time. Whether you're trying to figure it out, trying to, trying to work this stuff out. Because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us are just smart, you know. I had to pray about my understanding about certain things. All you smart people say you're blessed. But for me, John, John had to pray. He said, God, you got to help me figure this out because I have no clue. But guess what? You help me figure it out. Always. Always. That's just the way God's work. He does great things. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, that when I gave you verses 9 through 10, but look above that. Look at verse 7 through 10 if we could. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 through 10. Now Paul is talking to the church at Corinth here. Now, this is talking about inherit, receiving your inheritance or whatever. Who can receive it, who is not. Um, he's not talking, he's talking to Christians, but he's also talking to people that are to think they're Christian and really they're not. And no unrighteousness will inherit the kingdom of God. No unrighteousness. And he goes on and lists a lot of people, a lot of things that people do that will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is not talking about Christians. Once you're saved by the grace of God, unless you just do something crazy, because if any man is in God's hand, no man can pluck you out of God's hand. Now, I believe people say, well, you're saved, once saved, always saved. I believe you can be saved, always saved. I believe that. Unless you just say, God, I'm tired of this. I want nothing to do with it. I'm out. Check me out. And you got to be out of your mind to do something like that. Out of your mind. But he's telling me, he said that even to have such, um, such lawsuits uh, with one another, to have lawsuits and all that, he said, why not just accept, accept the injustice and leave it, leave it at that? He said, why not? Then he goes on down to verse, verse uh, 6 and said, instead, instead you yourself are the ones who have done wrong and cheated. Now he talked about a list of things that people were involved in. Would you believe they still had the same problem then as they do now? They still had, they're dealing with people that was, had alternative lifestyles and all types of stuff. That was, that was homosexual, whatever. Listen to me. It's not to the point where you hate the person that has that alternate lifestyle. You don't hate them, but you hate what the sin is doing to them. And you pray for it. And you, if you have people, have loved ones that have changed their lifestyle to be something other than really what God created them to be, don't get mad with them. Don't get upset with them. Just pray for them. If you can't talk to them about God, you talk to God about them. Are you listening to me? And what you pray is that, God, I pray that the eyes of the understanding, that they will be enlightened. Be enlightened. Because what happened is, Satan have a tendency to blind people's minds. He blinds their mind. They can't believe. They can't accept. Just like you can look at certain things, you can see it, but other people just can't see it. You can see the unrighteousness in what they're doing, but they cannot see. They can't see the pain and the suffering that it causing them. Because what happens is the enemy has blinded their mind so they can't see it. And they continue. And, you can, and that's why he sometimes, that's why people get upset with people because they just can't see it. How many times you pointed something out and said, can you see this right here? Look at this right here. 
They look at it. They just can't see it. You can't see that? No, I cannot see it. And that's the way it is when it comes to life sometimes. Things they're involved in, they just cannot see how that is bringing pain and suffering in their life. They just can't see it because of the enemy has blind their minds. And that's why it's so important not to get upset with them and to pray for them, that God will open up their eyes. Because we was, at that, we was the same way at one point. We did the same thing as far as being alcoholics and involved as idol worshipers and involved with other stuff, putting other things before God or whatever. We've done the same thing. And that's what Paul turned to the church of um, Corinthians. At one time, you was involved in these same things, but guess what? And he tells them, no unrighteousness will inherit the kingdom of God, which is true. All unrighteousness will have to be done with here. And that's why it's important. Make sure whatever you're doing is in line with God's word. Thieves, greedy people, whatever, drunkards and slanders and robbers or whatever. That don't mean that you cannot be saved if you, if, if you fall into one of the categories. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you will not be. In other words, you will not inherit God's kingdom. But if you fall in this category and you're one of these people, if you accept what Jesus has done, you could be completely clean and washed through this stuff and you will be able to receive what everybody else receives that are saved by the grace of God. And that's why it's so important is to be able to trust God. Because, see, we sin after we have accepted Jesus Christ. In other words, what you're saying is, I'm choosing to live the way I want to live and not by faith. And not by faith. Because once you, once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, at that point, you want to start living a life of living by faith. Because the Bible says without faith, and all of us want to please God. Amen? Everybody wants to please God. Just like working on a job. Everybody wants to please the boss. Is that right? Because the boss is one that holds that, holds that promotion, holds that next raise in, the, in their hand over you. Well, God is basically the boss, but he's the Savior. He, he's the King of kings, Lord of lords. So we want to do what pleases him. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you want to live a life of faith. And the sad thing about it, if you don't live, start living a life of faith, if, if you don't now, you will, eventually, you will eventually want to live by faith. And you can't get ready. You want to be ready. You know, I was looking at TV just a few days ago. They've already begun to invent um, different, different types of advice now that they can put um, different types of uh, chips into your arms now to you where you can. So the only thing you have to do is wave your hand over your certain things or whatever, over vending machines or whatever it give you stuff out of the vending machine or whatever. Um, this seems so easy and so convenient for you. But everything good to you is not good for you. And the reason, why are they doing it? Because, you know, I was sharing with Hill um, some time ago when I was a boy growing up. I was saying, how in the world can people receive the mark of the beast and not know about it? But you can become so desensitized and so blind to what, what is going on around you till you start making decisions based upon the world, what the world is telling you to do. But all these things are doing what? They're getting us prepared for the mark of the beast. And that's why it would be so easy to accept this type of stuff. 
they're doing it. Because when you're told you cannot buy, take care of your family, and you know, this is what you got to do to take care of your family, you got to receive this mark. If you don't receive that mark, you will not be able to buy or sell or take care of your family. It's going to be a tough challenge. But if you've always lived by faith, that's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's why they, they wasn't afraid to go into the fire furnace. Because they knew for a fact they had trusted God up to that point. And they said in the words that if he, if he don't deliver us, we know that he's able. And that's why it's important now is to learn how to start trusting God on little things. So when the big things come, you will not be overwhelmed and be, be devastated if you had to make some really um, big decisions or whatever. Just like when Hill was in the hospital and they told her, they said, look, because of his condition and everything, if he um, um, were unconscious or whatever, if he required resuscitation, we would not do it because based upon his condition. That's how bad I was. But, but at the same time, she had to remind him, saying, guess what? That's not what he said. That's not what he wants. So we're asking you, if he needs resuscitation, we want you to resuscitate him. So by the grace of God. And after they had told her all the negative stuff or whatever, that's why you can't be read in these situations. That's why you got to know God. Because really it can be overwhelming to you to make those type of decisions. Because you want what's best. Because her person is suffering or whatever, you want to do what's best for them. And it's easy to say yes or whatever. But if she had to say yes, if I had to be resuscitated, guess what? I won't probably be here today. But thank God for, being, for having faith. And trusting God. If, if you can't trust God for a quarter, it's going to be, be hard for you to trust God for a dollar. Everything is small, big, start off small. That's why it's good to start trusting God. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 31 and verse 30 and 14, it says this. I tell you what, David was an amazing guy. I tell you, he really was. Oh, King David. In the living trans, in the living and New Living, Trans Living Bible Translation says that, I am trusting you, O Lord. You are my God. And that's what you know how to do, trust God. Amen? Because at the end of the day, all that you're putting your hope and trust in right now, there's no guarantee it's going to work. But when you put your trust and faith in God, guess what? You can rest assured you don't have to worry about it. Because God going to take care of you. That's why it's good to be able to trust God now. That's why I say you can't get ready. You got to be ready. Because when you need to know God, it's going to be hard for you to try to memorize all those scriptures then and not know them because when you need to know them, they need to be in your heart now so you can trust God for now. And after you, after you got saved and everything, he began to receive God's grace for his promises or whatever. And God promises work. His promises work. And the only thing we have to do is just continue to, to trust him. And many Christians today neglect God's promises instead of trusting God's promises. They try to live the Christian life with their own willpower. And some people have very strong willpower. How long have strong willpower? You can do that, but you don't want to start doing it. Because once you get used to solving all your problems, guess what's going to happen? 
you have to continue to get getting used to it. And you're going to run into something one day you're not going to be able to deal with. Then that's where you can become overwhelmed. And if, you're not, if you don't know Jesus, you can become so overwhelmed. That's why a lot of people end up taking a life because they're so used to fixing things. And you can't fix everything. And we by nature, especially men, we by nature want to fix problems. When we get to a point where we can't fix it, then we have a tendency to throw up our hands or whatever. And that's why it's so important, really, is to being able to trust God and not learn to stop trying to trust in your own instinct. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 said what? Trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall guide and direct your path. God is the one who does that by the grace of God. And that's why it's so important is being able to trust in God. See, God got all this stuff waiting for you, waiting for you waiting for each one of us because of what Jesus done on the cross. He got an inheritance. Remember Jesus told the disciples over there in the 14th chapter of John, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where I am, you may be also. I'm going to prepare a mansion for you by the grace of God. Even though you never live as well as you want to live here, but guess what? You'll be able to do it there by the grace of God. Amen? That's why it's good to be able to know and to trust God. That's why it's good to be able to have these promises or whatever. Because no way humanly, I'm telling you, there's no way humanly possible, everything that, come, that comes up, you can be able to fight it in your own strength. Because just like when you retire or whatever, you're on a fixed income. You, you, cannot, you don't have that extra money coming in that you had when you was retired or before you retired. And that's when you really have to trust God, really. By the grace of God. And when you find favor with God, God help you find favor with man. That's why it's important being able to find favor with God. Absolutely. And whatever you do, you always want to make sure you do it to the glory and honor of God. Whatever you do. And that's why as Paul is telling the church of Corinth, guess what? No unrighteousness will enter there, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, living the lifestyle you're living, doing what you want to do based upon your own feelings, your own view, your own opinion, whatever they may be, it's not going to cause you to experience later down the road what you, want to, what you think you're going to experience. It's not going to happen. Now, what does heaven look like? What does heaven look like? What a picture of heaven look like? Over in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, so I'll give you a picture of what heaven is going to be like. Can you imagine being in a place where there's no more crying, there's no more dying, where everything is peaceful, amen? No more sin. You don't have to pay taxes no more. You don't have to get up and go to work anymore. You don't have to worry about road rage anymore. None of that crazy. Drugs and crime and all that stuff. You don't have to worry about none of that stuff anymore. You don't have to worry about it because God's going to prepare a place for you. And that's why it's so important. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. That's why it's so important is to be able to understand really what God has for you. The inheritance he has prepared for you. 
He said, I saw what? A new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Next verse. Now John saw the, the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down from God of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heavens crying, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will, and he will dwell with them. And they should be and be his people, and God himself will be, will be their God. And God shall what? Wipe away all tears from the eyes. And there should be no more death, no more dying. You don't have to deal with death no more. All be done away with. It'd be a wonderful, and even if we try to, words could not adequately describe what heaven is going to be like when we get there. That's why Paul said, he was telling the church at Rome, he said, look, the suffering that you're dealing with now is nothing compared to the glory that shall be revealed to, revealed to you later. Even with all the words that in, that's, that's in Webster's Dictionary that can describe beauty and, and, and glander, it still cannot adequately really describe what heaven is going to be like, the place it will be. And he and John is saying here, he's giving you a little glimpse of where neither death sorrow, no more sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Can you imagine waking up being pain free, completely pain free? Remember when you was, you know you was early in your early young year, young age, by six or seven years, you didn't have to worry about pain. Had to deal with Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur who? Uncle Arthur writers. You don't have to worry about him no more. All that will be going away. For the former things are passed away. They're not existing anymore. Not existing. And because they're not existing, again, verse 6, verse 6. He said, he said unto me, it is done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So I will give unto, you, unto him that is the Christ. And, and found, and then he's talking about the fountain of life, fountain of water, of life, freely, by the grace of God. It's a thirst. He that what? Overcome shall inherit what? All things, by the grace of God. I'm going to share with you about four things I really feel that help us to maintain our inheritance and what God has promised us. Not saying you're going to lose it, but you want to continue to Keep yourself reminded of what God promised you by the grace of God. Number one, we have to remember what he has promised us. How you, can you continue to, to maintain the promise of God? Remember what he promised you. But if you don't know what he has promised you, it's hard to lay hold on. That's what helps you to make decisions or whatever. It's just like when you know how good someone is to you. If you realize how good they are to you, you're less likely to go out and do crazy stuff. How valuable they are to you in your life, by the grace of God. Just like your house. You won't go out there and set a fire and burn it down because you know for a fact you need that house to provide protection for you. A place you can cook, where you can rest, where you can relax, and provide a lot of great things for you. You can wash and all the good stuff. When it's cold, 
You can go out, you can be warm when it's warm, you can be cool and all those other good things. So most likely, you want to make sure you do the right thing. Take care of your house, right? Same thing with God's inheritance. You want to make sure you do what you need to do that God told you to do. You want to live a life of faith. Just because it's good to you, don't mean it's going to be good for you. And that's why Paul would tell the church of Corinth when you begin to read that sixth chapter. He said, a lot of things you can do, but you shouldn't do. Because it may be expedient. In other words, you, yes, you can do it, and God will forgive you. But guess what? That's not really respecting what God, his, his promises has given you. And just because a person is good to you, you don't take advantage of them. You don't just take that as a license to sin, to do wrong or whatever. Because you know for a fact that all the great things God is going to continue to do for you, you don't really want to take advantage of you. You want to enjoy and return now. Be a blessing to other people, what God has done for you. So, so point number one is to remember what he has done for what he has promised you. Number two, we live an overcoming life. Live an overcoming life. In other words, an overcoming life. In other words, you overcome things. Amen. When things come at you, you don't just throw up your hands and say, oh, well, so be it. That's just the way it's going to be. No. But in Jesus' name, it's not the way you think they should be. It's not the way God's word says it is. Then you can overcome it. You can overcome. You're not undercomers. You're overcomers. You get over stuff. You tackle stuff by the grace of God. You don't let stuff tackle you, overcome you. You overcome it. Point number three. We live to walk by faith. Live to walk by faith. Based upon what Jesus had done for you, you live a life of faith by the grace of God. And you know, in living that way, what do you mean live a life of faith? In other words, when you just learn how to just say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you for this. Stop worrying and cussing and fussing about it. Say, so guess what? God, guess what? This is another opportunity for me to see your hand working in this situation. Especially when dealing with family and friends and whatever, different, different people, whatever. Cussing and fussing is not going to change it. How many realize that they're not going to change? If that's changed, if that's changed a lot of things would have already changed for it. It created more problem for you, but it's not going to change the situation. So God, guess what? I choose to trust you for him or her. You have a son or daughter that's not doing the right thing, guess what? You're in a point now, you may or may not have the influence you used to have in our life. So what you do, you learn to pray, trust God. Say, God, look, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you for this, that you will reveal this to him, reveal this to her that they can see this, what they're doing, and realize what they're doing by the grace of God. And guess what? And as a result of that, guess what? They'll make the necessary change. And be patient. And don't bug them, amen? Don't, don't be a, a nag. Nag them and remind them all the time. Just like God don't remind you of all the things you're doing all the time that's wrong, don't remind other people that done wrong. Well, you did this yesterday wrong. Last week you done that. Now you turn around today. Now you're doing something else. That's, that's really helping them a lot. Really. You don't want to be a pest to people. Pray for them and let it go. Treat them the way God treats you. 
when you fall short, guess what? God is merciful. He show kindness to you. Then that's the same way you want to show kindness to other people. Be patient with them. Forgive them. And the Bible said, live. Then point number, point number three, live to walk by faith. You don't have to see it, figure it out, know it all for it to work out. God have no money for this situation. We don't have the You don't say, well, um, we're broke. No, you're not broke. You just don't have the finance to do what you need to do. Now, God shows how to be able to take care of this without it being so costly. So when I get ready to call people, service people, I pray and ask God, God, we want to do it, but Lord, we pray that it's not going to be real. You know, we live in a society where people not only charge you a price, but they also charge you price based upon where you live and your status that you have. We, I, let me tell you, it's amazing. And that's why, that's why it's so important to have God in your life. You pray to God. See, God just don't send anybody. Send the right person to take care of this. And even when you're calling certain people, God, show me the right company for me to call so I can get them to take care of this. I'm telling you, he'll do it every time, every time. This is learning how to walk by faith and live by faith, trusting God. And then he said, call this, this number versus that number. Guess what? If you do that, it's going to always work out every time because he told you to do it. And you won't be disappointed. They're going to do a good job, and they're not going to break the bank in the process of doing it. Point number four, obey and trust God. Obey. What do you mean by obey? Whatever he tell you to do, just do it. Don't try to explain it. If he tells you, say, look, I need to do something for someone else, don't, don't reason with it. Just do it. Just do it by the grace of God. And by doing so, you're not, you're not, you have no idea how you can be a blessing to that person. Because that person may have already prayed that God send them someone to take care of what you're about to take care of. You don't know that. You never know that. Unless they tell you. And many times, people will tell you. So man, you just don't realize what a blessing you are to me. How you bless me with this. For doing what you did. And God will do it every time. Amen. So your inheritance, all based upon the promises of God. Amen. Is there for you. Amen. Eternal life. And all the good things about eternal life is already in place, waiting on you to receive it, to enter into it. But all based upon you, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, it's available to you. But if you accepted Jesus Christ, it's there, waiting on you to get home by the grace of God. We're not rushing it, but we know it's going to come one day. I told God, I said, God, look, when I leave here, I don't want to have to leave here sick. I don't want to have to live, live here, uh, leave before time by the grace of God. But I want to be able to live and finish, not just finish, but I want to what? Finish well. I want to finish well by the grace of God. Amen? Can you finish well? Yes, you can. 
Can you live a good life? Yes, you can. By the grace of God. If you trust God, I'm looking for a scripture I want to share with you guys, point out to you. And so it's, it's so important as a being able to, to finish the work what God tells you to do by the grace of God. We're not, we're not going to be much longer. We're just about to finish here. Um, Psalm 91. I believe it's the last, last scripture in Psalm 91. He says, like I say, God is an amazing God. He got so many great things for us if we just trust him. Psalms 91 and verse, verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Now this is a promise God said, guess what? What you got to do, you got to do what? Call upon me. I will answer thee. Verse, um, Psalm 91 and verse 15 and 16. 16 and one verse I want you to, to dwell on. He said that um, in verse 15, 16 it said, With long life, look at your neighbor and say, With long life will I satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Not short life, but what? Long life. And this is a promise God is sharing with us. How many people step out into eternity with short life? Promises God said, guess what? And people say, well, this is what God is doing. God took him or took her. No, God didn't take them. They missed something that God told them along the way. And it caused, caused them to step out into eternity. Again, these are promises that's available to each one of us. And see, and they can't just be on in the Bible. You need to get off the pages in the Bible and get into your heart. So when, when the devil starts telling you you're going to die, he said, God, in Jesus' name, God promised me long life. And this is not long life. I, don't believe, I believe the first hundred years are your most challenging. Once you get past the first hundred, you're good to go. Everything else should be a dream after that. Because you should have figured, figured life out. If you ain't figured out in a hundred years, then it's getting a little late, okay? Getting real late. Then you had to ask God, say, God, give me some understanding here. You still trying to do stuff as, at a at hundred, you, you're trying to do at 21 or 22, then you got to, got to look at yourself. Think about it. As a guest, we get ready for communion by the grace of God. That's why it's so important is to remember God's promises. God didn't give us his promise for us to live below his standards, but he gave his promise that we could live. Um, God didn't give his promise for us for life to just continue to just run over us or whatever, but God gave his promises so we can live above the standard that man has set for us. And we can. We can by the grace of God. So that's why it's so important is to remember all the great things he has done for us. He promised you inheritance, and what can stop you from receiving it when you reject Jesus as your Lord and Savior? For the people who have rejected Jesus, they have no idea what they're missing out on. Amen. The best thing that ever happened to me in my life, except in Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. Amen. God's good. Guys, come forth and get ready. This time I'm going to get ready to take communion for those that want to take communion.
If you don't take communion, it's not going to send you to hell. And the reason we take communion because of Jesus' command, he said, and Paul would tell the church at Corinth, he said, often you do this, you do this in remembrance of